Backup Plan Tribe. Welcome, welcome. If you are new here, welcome to our show. You have reached Tina again from Your Backup Plan. And I am so excited to be here today because I have a very special show today. It's called Series of Grief Part One, Grieving During the Holidays. Hmm, I wonder what that's like. Let me tell you. It's probably one of the worst times to grieve or having to grieve or what it looks like to grieve when you have all these different holiday triggers, holiday get togethers, holiday music and all of that kind of stuff. And sometimes, sometimes you just want to go into a closet and hide. Yeah, sometimes you do. Sometimes people say, oh, come on to a party with me. It's going to be so much fun. And you think, hmm, I really just want to curl up and hide somewhere. Isn't that the truth? So I, we, everybody, doesn't talk about grief enough. And I want to make sure that we do. So my name is Tina, and I am a best-selling author of In the Blink of an Eye, just like that, your life changes in a second, not even a second, a blink. And that's so very true, whether it's a hurricane hitting your house or a flood all of a sudden rushing into your house, or it's sitting at the doctor's office and finding out that you have cancer or having a stroke or having a heart attack or having a motor vehicle accident or a work accident. So many things happen in life that we're not prepared for. And that's why I created your backup plan app. And so I'm the creator and developer of your backup plan. And I'm also an emergency preparedness coach. And you might say, Tina, what does that mean? It means to get your stuff together because it's more important to get your stuff together before something happens. You don't want to be lying in a bed in a coma somewhere and your family or loved ones doesn't know how to pay your electricity bill or pay your mortgage or your rent or how to get into your house to start with or where your bank accounts are to be able to help out and pay for things while you're struggling with a coma in the hospital. So that being said, let's get the party started. I'm so very excited to have Cindy Burns on our show today. And we're going to have a quick commercial and I'll see you in a flash. If it wants to click. Oh, oh, that's not it. Where'd it go? I went away for a second there. In the blink of an eye, life can change dramatically. On our podcast, Talking Taboo with Tina, we delve into these life-altering events with celebrities, authors, and everyday people just like you. You'll also discover your Backup Plan app, a life-organizing tool designed to prepare you for any unexpected circumstance. It's your safety net, taking the sting out of tragedy. Imagine a Plan B that ensures your finances are safe, even in the worst-case scenario. But it doesn't end there. Join our vibrant Facebook group for free webinars on backup planning and secure your future today. Welcome back. And I'm going to bring on Cindy here. Welcome, Cindy, to our show. Hello. It's good to see you again. Oh, it's wonderful to have you back, Cindy. And, you know, we just don't talk about this enough. Cindy Burns is coming to us from Virginia today. She is a life coach for the widowed and the grieving. She's a grief a doula, and a happiness coach. And I love that part. I do too. We can't have enough happiness overriding grieving. I think there's just not enough. And our show today on grieving during the holidays is sharing tips to get through this holiday period of time. And we certainly don't talk about that enough either, Cindy. Mm -hmm. So anybody, um, I will put in the description box below um, Cindy's previous podcast that we have as well, um, that she was on our show just about a year ago or so, I think. 
Maybe, yeah. Something like that, yeah. And um, so I, I thought, what a great time for Cindy, Cindy to come on and talk about. Oh, I forgot, Cindy's also a podcaster. There you go. She started her own podcast as well. And uh, so that being said, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to our show just down there below. And let's bring on what Cindy, hap what happened to Cindy to go this direction with your life, Cindy? Well, on August 2nd, 2001, my father died after a couple year battle with uh, two different kinds of cancer. Um, it wasn't unexpected, but it still hurt. And I felt his loss, you know, every day. I was an adult, but you never get over needing your parents. And 10 years later, exactly, on August 2nd, 2011, my entire world changed when my husband died, my husband of 33 years. And then two years after that, on Friday the 13th of December, 2013, my mother passed away. So I know what it's like to grieve. That's for sure. And, yeah. And I finally decided that I didn't want to live in that place anymore. That I didn't want grief to define who I was and what I was. Um, yes, I'm a widow, but that's not all that I am. I'm an adult orphan, but that's not all that I am. And I realized, I, I looked around, I tried a bunch of different things. You know, I things to give me purpose. And what did you try, Cindy? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I tried selling Mary Kay and I don't wear makeup. I tried um, art classes and I even joined the local art society only to find out that I struggled at even drawing stick figures. <laughs> uh, but you were I did, trying to find something that defines yeah, you. Something. And I did, I did get more involved in my church. And this, this was a period of, I started this about seven years after he died. And it took about another four, three or four years for me to finally figure it out. I saw something about life coaching. So I Googled it just for the heck of it, you know, like we all do. And there was a course for life purpose coaching to get certified as a life purpose coach and that just it it jumped right out at me because that's what I was looking for it was purpose a reason to get out of bed in the morning and because I had retired by that point and I took the took the course and became certified but along the way I realized that I knew all the stuff I was learning, I just didn't put it into practice in my own life. And I realized that I can teach this to other people. I can help other people, especially widows, mm -hmm. purpose in their lives. Because when our husbands die, half of us goes with them. We, we lose half our identity we lose the future we thought we were going to have and and wanted yeah and our whole world is turned upside down and it's hard to come out of but we can and we can come out of it stronger and we can use that strength to become brave and to do things we never thought we could do before for me being on a podcast, having my face on camera, I never would have done it. Never in a million years would have thought that I would do this when my husband was alive. But I got through that so I can get through anything. Now, 
put a camera, point a camera at me and I'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. The change. Yeah. That's incredible. And then you started working with some individuals and then yeah. it really became your purpose. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's become my purpose to, um, to not just help people with their grief, but to help them become what they want to be, to figure out what they want to be. What do you want to be when you grow up kind of thing? Yeah. What, what their pur- their new purpose is. And because so many of us, we identify as wives and mothers. Well, when the kids leave home and they're on their own and when your husband dies or, you know, if if you're a man and your wife dies, you're no longer that. Yeah. And you need to be something. You need to know who you are and what you are and love who you are so that you can find your new purpose. And that's what I help people do. But I also talk about grief because we don't. Yeah. Grief is not just death. Grief can come from um, divorce. It can come from isolation. It can come from so many different things. Losing a job. We grieve over the job we lost. We grieve over the fact that we don't have a place to go in the morning. Um, there are so many, so many things we can grieve. And the holidays just kind of, you know, everybody, you're supposed to be happy. You're supposed to smile. You're supposed to be like Santa and be jolly and ho, ho, ho. And there's so much pressure put on us to feel that way that it often works in reverse. Yeah. Yeah. And I think don't put the pressure on yourself. Realize that this may be tough, may be a hard year for you. My first Christmas without my husband was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. The oh. second one, though? Oh, my God. Well, the, the first one, it was just a few months after he died. So I was already, you know... And I was just kind of coming out of the crying shock. all day, every day. And the shock, the shock of all of it. Yeah. And, um, but the second year, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't leave my house. It was, it was awful. Um, and it, it's different each year. Um, a lot of it I've learned is my attitude going into it. You know, the holidays are coming up. Okay, get prepared. You know, you've got to have your your mental toolbox, your mental armor ready um, to pull things out at the last minute. If you know certain things trigger, because we were talking about triggers before the show. If you know that there's something that triggers you, if you know for sure, um, try to avoid it. You know, if if um, there's an office party that you always went to or a, fam- a friend's house party that you always went to together and you just can't bear the thought of going there without your loved one, say no. You know, just tell them maybe next year, but this year I can't do it. Be honest. Be honest with yourself and be honest with them. Yeah. And if you do say you, and if you do decide, I think I can, I think I can get through it this year, accept the invitation, but tell them I may cancel at the last minute if it, if it feels too much. And that. That's that's a nice way of putting it. Yeah. That's something you can do with, with anybody, you know, at any time of year. Um, you know you're going to be doing something in everybody else's couples and you're not. Um, you know, you're the only single one there and you're going to feel out of place and awkward. It's still, unless it's, unless you're really, really against it. I mean, yeah. unless all the, all the stop signs are up saying, no, don't do this, don't do this. Say yes to the invitation. And then 
but give yourself permission to cancel at the last minute and let them know, you know, I, I think I can do this, mm -hmm. but if I can't, I hope you forgive me. And there are things like if, if you do go and you're, you're fine, everything's cool until a, song, a certain song plays that you associate. Maybe you may, it may not even some, be something you associate with them. It just, for some reason, hits you. Yeah, it's a trigger. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes we, you know, the triggers, sometimes we can see the triggers coming. We know. Yes. But other times, it's just out of the blue. It's some a word somebody says or a smell or you and you can't even identify it. You just like you said, you want to go hide in a closet. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. Not to actually go into a closet, but <laughs> you know, excuse if you're in the middle of a conversation with somebody, excuse yourself, say, you know, I need the ladies' room, you know, because nobody's gonna argue with that. And you know, if the bathroom is free, go on in and have yourself a little cry. Don't worry about when you come out, your face is red and your eyes. Don't worry about that. People, it, people will either understand or they won't. The ones who understand, you love them. The ones who don't understand or won't understand, you just ignore them. <laughs> they don't count. Yeah. Um. People will say insensitive things. They don't usually mean to be insensitive. I'd say 90% of the time um, they mean well, unless you've had a contentious relationship all along. But if they're a friend or, you know, a loved family member and they say something that's just kind of obnoxious or um, tell you, well, don't you think you should be over it? People don't understand. When they say things like that, they're just speaking out of ignorance. And you have to forgive them. You have to realize they didn't mean to hurt you. That's hard when your feelings are so raw and they're, they're just right there. Yeah. It's hard to forgive them. It's hard to remember that they didn't mean to hurt you, that they didn't mean to be insensitive, but they just don't understand. Yeah, don't hold a grudge. Don't hold a grudge, I guess is, is my point. Um, and if they continue on with it, oh, I have a nice man you should meet her, you know, oh, my, my, sister-in-law, you know, is looking for a date or something, you know, if it's a man you're talking to, if you're a man rather. <laughs> and, um, you know, so if they, if they try that or they're just kind of going on, maybe they want, they're talking about the funeral or they're asking questions about the illness and it's just not appropriate at a Christmas party or a get together. Right. And you don't want to talk about it because you've talked until you, you've talked to people about it so much that you just can't anymore. You've told the story too many times and you've just had enough. They don't understand. They don't know that you've told it a million times and you can't do it a million and one. Right. If they are somebody that you know really loves you and cares about you, you can say, you know, this is a Christmas party and I'm really trying not to be morose. Um, can we change the subject? Or if, if they're not somebody that you feel comfortable saying that to, you can just change the subject. Right. You can, and this is assuming like you're sitting next to them at the dinner table or something and you can't really get away. Yeah. Change the subject. Turn to the person that's on the other side of you and start talking to them. Um, and by changing the subject, you don't even need to change it. You don't have to come up with something, you know, imaginative. You can just say, oh, could you pass me the mashed potatoes, please? And that kind of puts a stop 
to their train of thought. Right. And hopefully they don't come back to it. You know, or you can you can even continue. Aren't these the best mashed potatoes you've ever had? You know, you, yeah. you can, you know, just, just kind of go from there. Um, My go-to sentence is, um, did you see that hockey game last night? <laughs> or what recipe did you have for that potato thing yeah. that you made or something? You know, because it just quickly changes the. Yeah. yeah. And, and they don't even know it. They don't realize what you're doing. And you might get a good recipe out of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, laughter. Laugh at yourself. When you la Laughter and tears are very closely related. And both have the same um, cathartic effect on our our brains and our bodies oh they, yeah they both release um similar hormones and endorphins um i just read a thing this morning a study was done that said a good cry actually is beneficial to you mentally emotionally and physically so you know, I'm not right. sure about that one, but okay. <laughs> well, it, we're not talking about crying all day kind of cry. Oh, we're okay. About, you know, just releasing it. Kind yeah, of. just releasing it and then just kind of moving on after. Um, but laughter can do it. Find something silly. Let my family always um, uses laughter, dark humor as a release that's that's our go-to that's our default with my sons i mean my sons were cracking jokes at the funeral you know <laughs> just and and i just sat there and just like shook my head you know it's it's what they it's what made them feel better it's it's who they were and it's what their father would have loved yeah um, so it was, it was fine. You know, if, if somebody took offense at it, if somebody thought it was inappropriate, well, tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have to develop a thick skin. Yeah. You really do. Um, and it's hard in the beginning. It's really hard in the beginning to develop that thick skin because everything is just so raw. It doesn't matter if if your person had been sick for 10 years and finally died and it was almost a relief. Yeah. That grief is still the same as if they well, except were. That you, probably, you probably were grieving a really long time. Yeah. Because that's their, that's that preliminary yep. grief that yeah, drags on and drags on. And the, the technical name for it is anticipatory grief. grief. We call it pre-grief. Because you know you're anticipating the loss, but even even when you're not anticipating the loss, if if you're watching them deteriorate, you're grieving for the person that they have been. You yeah. know, um, they're not the same. You know, they can't do the same things that they could before. They they get tired too or easily, or in the case of Alzheimer's or dementia. They're, they're a completely different person. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it starts with not being able to remember. And then personalities actually change a lot. Yeah. During, um, you know, as Alzheimer's or dementia continue. Um, and it's hard to go through. Yeah, it is. It is. I am. Um, in a previous career, I worked with. Um, some people who, some families who um, went through the whole Alzheimer and dementia. Um, and it's hard. Occasionally, it, it wasn't quite so hard. I, I went to one home and um, the daughter said, I like my mother better like this. Oh, she said she was mean all her life. And I said, you're kidding. She's the sweetest thing now. She says, yeah, I know. Wow. 
She says, I'm going to miss her when she's gone. <laughs> and so personalities change, you know, if they were, if they were nasty, they often become sweet and vice versa. If they're sweet, they get, they can very well get persnickety. Yeah. Yeah. And snap at people and stuff. Oh. So there's the grief that starts right then. And then when they die, you grieve because it is the end. There's no hope. You yeah. know, well, well, they're still alive. There's maybe a little bit of hope, you know, somewhere. You, you hear all about all the tests and trials and stuff that are being done. So you think maybe, or maybe, maybe they have moments where, you know, you can see the, who they were. And, um, and that gives, you know, that gives you pleasure. And then when they're gone, though, you, you don't have that. But you always have your memories. Yeah. You can, you can always turn to your memories. Choose memories that make you smile. Um, and laugh. And, yeah, oh, yeah, and laugh. Another thing that some people find hard at the holidays is traditions. I mean, even if you don't go to how you know parties or other people's homes or anything like that there may be expectations of traditions you put up the tree the day after thanksgiving or thanksgiving day as soon as the turkey's put away um do you decorate the tree you always decorated the tree in a certain way um you know the the this little village always had to be the same whatever your family tradition was um i know some families always took a day to get in the car and drive around and see all the lights of the houses and the towns and stuff um if there were certain things you did together as a family especially if you've got young ones um think about how tradition is going to feel for you and your children. Talk to your children. Don't make decisions for them about how they should grieve. Some kids don't cry. Some kids cry all the time. Some kids act out. Now that you have to address if they're if they're causing trouble. You have to address that. Um, you have to help them find a different outlet for their grief but let them see that you're hurting too i mean don't wallow in it yeah but let them see that it's okay to cry it's okay to be upset it's okay to miss them um and talk to them that the feelings are real yeah yeah get them to say what are you feeling i'm sad well why are you sad? You know, and, and it may, it, it may be a specific reason mm-hmm. you know, that the child is sad that, that daddy didn't put the star on the tree. And um, then you can take that tradition and turn it around. If it's, if it's something that's not going to work for you. Um, obviously if he was the one that always put the star or the angel on the top of the tree, you can't, you can't fix that because he's not there to do it, but you can ask your child, do you want to do it? Assuming you're able to pick them up and and lift them them up there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, would you like to do it? Most of the time I think they'll say yes. Um, you know they can you you can do that for daddy it's like they're helping him so yeah um i used to my husband used to make have me make fudge every year the first batch was always always went bad it's like the first pancake you know it's always burned or whatever the first batch of the fudge never set it was almost like hot fudge so you know we'd put it on ice cream um, but that, then after that, I'd make quite a lot of fudge throughout the holidays. And I haven't made it since he died. I love fudge, but I would eat it all by myself. Yeah. 
And I don't want to do that because I've lost 115 pounds and I really don't want to put it back on. No. Um, so that I can't do. The one thing I, we did do every year that I continued doing and my children have continued doing it is Christmas Eve is takeout pizza and hot chocolate every year. It's what I had when growing up. It was my, it was a tradition that I brought to the family. So it's, it's okay. It doesn't hurt. You know, if I didn't do it, that would hurt. Yeah. Uh, and you, you have to decide and you talk to, you know, if you've got other people living with you, other people involved in these traditions, talk to them, see, get their ideas, get their impressions. Um, obviously, you are the, the you get the final say whether you're going to participate or not. Don't let somebody guilt you into participating in something that you know. Won't go well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's going to hurt you and take make you take, you know, three steps back for the two steps you took forward. Um, <coughs> what else? Um, I was thinking <laughs> of, like, shopping. Oh, yes. Like, you wouldn't think that would be such a hard, difficult task. Grocery shopping is, especially in the first few weeks or months, for some, it's a really hard thing to do. Even if you did, if you always did the grocery shopping, there's, you reach for something because it's what you always bought for him. A song plays on, you know, all that music that they play, you know, that, that gets me. Um, I swear my doctor's office had um, Michael Bolton singing, um, How Can I Live? It's a Leanne Womack song, but Michael Bolton was singing it. I swear they had it on repeat because oh. when I went into the, um, the off, into the reception room, it was playing, and I mean, until they called me in to see the doctor. Luckily, they don't make me wait that long. And you can't hear it in the back rooms. And I was back there for a good 15, 20 minutes. When I came back out, it was playing again. Oh, no. <laughs> and that song doesn't normally bother me. But that day, it did. You never know. Yeah, and it's funny how you don't know. Like yeah. some songs that don't even... Yeah, have any connection with? Yep. Yeah, we neither one of us really liked Michael Bolton, <laughs> and that song is kind of sappy. So yeah, it's not something that we actively would seek out, but I think it was just that day the sappiness of it kind of got to me. But yeah, so you never know. Um, the the bonus that. COVID gave us, though, is online shopping. Yes. I mean, there was online shopping before, but now you can grocery shop online. You can you can just drive and, in, in, you know, they'll deliver it right to your car or, you know, you pay a few extra bucks and they'll deliver it to your home. They won't in my house because I'm too far out of town. They, they won't deliver here. Yeah, my son works at Domino's and he can't get them to deliver here. Oh, <laughs> we're like three streets out of the way, you know. Oh, no. So sometimes he'll bring home a pizza when he's done work. But um, yeah. So anyway, um, so you know, if if you really can't deal, then you can have things delivered. You know, Tell, even doctors. A lot of the times we'll do telehealth. Yeah. Um, you can do that with definitely with um, psychiatrists and therapists. And there's no shame in seeing someone, um, especially this time of year. Mm -hmm. I, I saw a therapist. Um for about 
six months, I guess. But she was supposed to be a grief expert and she didn't do a whole lot except sit there. So, oh, no. Yeah, maybe it was, you know, talk therapy, but she wasn't asking questions. Well, I guess she did. I guess she asked questions, but and maybe just having a place to talk. But sometimes I, on the way there, I'd be thinking, okay, what am I going to talk about today? <laughs> I'm going to come up with something. <laughs> so that's not so good. Um, no, but find you know, somebody that you can talk to, I guess. Yeah. What I do as a coach is I find out your goals. I find out, you know, we, we talk and we go, you know, we talk about your grief and all of that. But I, we also find out what your goals are and we come up with a plan to get you there. And, you know, it may be one minute at a time kind of a thing, one baby step at a time, but, you know, I kind of walk along with you. And each time we talk, I'll say, you know, did you do what you said you were gonna do? So I hold you accountable. Um, so you're doing, you're taking action. And I think that's what we need. It's it's when we sit back and wallow in our grief. And believe me, I wallowed. <laughs> and you do, especially in the beginning. Especially. And, and by saying in the beginning, I don't put a time frame on that. The beginning can be the first three weeks or it can be the whole first year. Whatever it looks like for you is the beginning. Don't let anybody tell you that you should be over it. Don't, I mean, they, they're going to tell you, but you don't have to accept it. You don't have to believe it. Um, I've never had that said to me. Oh, that's good. But if they did, I think I would definitely say, I wish I could. Mm-hmm. I think we all wish we could make it go away. Yeah. I never had it said to me because I, I was one of those that put on the brave face. People thought I was, <laughs> they may have thought I was a cold hearted bitch. <laughs> Maybe. Because <laughs> I didn't, I wasn't crying in public, but I don't, I don't, I don't like people to see me cry. I did at the funeral. Boy, did I cry at the funeral. Yeah. But um, after that, you wonder how much water is in your body to <laughs> yeah, be able right? to come out, honestly. Yeah. But, yeah, after that, I was, you know, I put on a brave face. And so people thought I was okay. And so they didn't talk about Dan. And so I didn't. I might mention, I might have mentioned him once in a while in passing. Like, oh, yeah, Dan and I used to do that. But I didn't talk about him like I really wanted to talk about him. Yeah. Like how much I missed him and how I could still smell his cologne. I still smell it 12 years later. Wow. Out of the blue for no reason at all. I will smell his cologne. Huh. So don't tell me that they can't get in touch with us. Because that's his way of saying, you know, hey, you know, I'm still around and I'm watching. Yeah. And, uh. You know, they're, they're little things. And if you pay attention, you may think that they're not giving you any kind of sign. But if you pay attention, they are. Um, it may be a dream that you forget before you wake up. You know, maybe you wake up and you've got a smile on your face. You know, that's because they put it there. Um, little things, but. That's, that's getting into the woo, and <laughs> I'm trying to be practical. So. I, I do believe in that, that's for sure. I think there's signs if we're paying attention. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I never, I never really, I, I, was, I was unsure. I, I'm not sure I believe in specters, you know, ghosts that appear. I don't know about that. I know I've talked to many people who have, who, who, say they've seen them and I believe that they at least believe that they saw 
Um, I don't know. There could have been an explanation for it, but I'm getting more towards the the belief, and I'm learning at this late stage of my life. I'm learning a lot about energy. Yes, and we are energy, and energy never stops moving. I mean, Einstein proved that the energy just you know keeps going. So when somebody dies, where does that energy go? You know, it's got to go somewhere. Yeah. I mean, it's it's in the air around us still. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, um, meals. That's a hard one, too. Making certain meals. But you yeah. talked a little bit about that. And yeah. you know how I think for maybe some women out there that normally would have the big Christmas dinner. Maybe it's time for somebody else to step up and take over, yeah. take over or something or yeah, do it together I, or something. I um, talked about this. I go live every Monday on Facebook. And I talked about this a few weeks ago, um, just before Thanksgiving, that after my father died first year, we all, my mother took us all to this restaurant and they had, I mean, it was a nice, it was a fancy place. They had this buffet and it just wasn't, it wasn't good. I mean, the potatoes were cold, you know, just the whole experience just wasn't good. Um, so the second year she decided that she was going to host Thanksgiving at her home. Like she always did. And she was okay with it. She says, I'm, I'm fine. This is okay. And I decided that I was going to make the gravy because I learned to make gravy from watching my father. He was the gravy maker in the family. My mother couldn't make gravy to save her life. <laughs> um, but my father, he made it and I watched him do it and learned how to do it. I was an adult. I had, I don't know how many kids by then I had, Oh, I had six kids by then. Yeah. They were all born. Um, so, you know, I was, I was an adult and I was going to make the gravy and I got, you know, stirring it on the, in the pan, stirring up the, um, the leavings in the pan and you know, scraping it up and all. And I just, just before it was ready, I lost it. I don't know what it was. I just couldn't continue. And I walked out. I walked out of the house, walked around to the side of the house because I wanted to be alone because I don't like people to see me cry. And of course, I got followed. Um, my brother followed me and my oldest brother and um, he's hugging me. My sister-in-law, I know I knew was behind him and I don't know who else was around, probably one or two of my kids. And um, then my husband got there. And, my, you know, my brother, it was his father, too, you know? Yeah. And so we were consoling each other. But then I saw my husband and I pushed my brother away. <laughs> and I said, I need Dan. <laughs> I, think my, I think my brother understood. We've never talked about it. But, um, yeah, so something as silly as making gravy can really get you going. And it's so weird because you think you're totally fine. And then all of a sudden something just yep. clicks and it's like, oh, and you think that something's wrong with you because you react that way. You, there's nothing wrong with you. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with you. It's normal. Um, you've got an on off switch that's got a hair trigger on it and it goes off like a breath of wind can set it off. Yes. You don't know. Sometimes, you know, like the making of the gravy, I knew because that was my dad's thing. Right. But sometimes you don't know. Sometimes you're just going about your normal day and all of a sudden a wave of grief hits you, a wave of sadness, loneliness. Um, my God, am I always going to feel this way? And you won't. You will probably have little bouts of it as time goes on. Things get easier. Don't believe the people 
there are people out there that say you can recover from grief, that you can heal from grief, that you will never feel that grief again. Oh, and geez. Say, That's bull. a big step. <laughs> yeah. I say bull to that. Yeah. Um, it's always there under the surface and it can come out like that. It doesn't usually as time goes on, as time goes on, you kind of know, like, you know, I'll be watching something on TV and it'll kind of remind me, it'll take me back to the days he was in the hospital, like if I'm watching a doctor show. You're right. Um, it'll take me back to those days and I'll feel the tightness in my throat and the, the stinging behind my eyes. And, and you know, then I'll say, oh, time to change the channel because I really <laughs> don't want to go there. Um, Put something funny on. <laughs> yeah. Or if I'm alone, you know, maybe I'll let myself cry. I sobbed all the way through Disney's Encanto, the the um, cartoon movie that they had. It it just it just touched me, and I I cried throughout the beginning of it because I was sad. I cried at the end because it was happy. <laughs> I just I just kept crying. It was ridiculous. And I don't, I don't cry like that. But I mean, I had to have the tissue. And this was not, this was not that long ago. It was maybe a year or two ago that I saw this movie. Isn't that funny how things just come up? It's the weirdest yeah. thing. Yeah. And it's okay. Don't, you will not always feel like you're in the pit and can't get out. It will, if you if you let it, if you look for things that make you smile, sometimes like, you have to work at it. Sometimes you actually have to, okay, what's going to make me happy today? What's going to make me smile? Look for, look for things that are your favorite color, you know, as you go about your day. Right. Look for... Um, your favorite children. shows or something. Yeah. Children can make you smile. If you, if anybody wants it, I have um, a sound file on my computer of a baby laughing. Oh, geez. And I'll, I'd be happy to send it to anybody that asks for it. You, I, you can't listen to a baby laughing without smiling or even laughing yourself. You just can't unless unless you're a parent who's lost a child. Right. But that would take a while to get over, I'm sure. Yeah, you you couldn't hear a baby's laughter, I don't think. And but it if that's not the case or I know, find animals sometimes funny, yeah. you know. The the funny dog and cat videos, yeah. 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 So I think all in all to find something happy that makes you happy that makes you laugh. And also, um, I'm trying to summarize what you basically said. Um, <laughs> I said a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, to find something you're passionate about and that you really enjoy doing that you can escape in. Yes. I think that's what it is, an escape. Yeah. And, and, and that keeps you busy enough. If I keep busy enough, then I won't have time to think about it. If it's something that serves others, that's a bonus. Yes. Because not only are you doing something that you enjoy, but you get the satisfaction of knowing that what you're doing might be helping others. Um, prayer shawls are a thing where they um, they knit or crochet. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not crafty like that. But they make prayer shawls. Some churches. Have this here. Um, and I was gifted um, one from a church that I don't even go to. A church here in town. They just they they must have been the obituary, or maybe somebody that knew me went to that church. And what they do is as they're as they're making it, they're praying for you and for your your loved one. So. 
when you use it. I mean, it, they're small. You just wrap it around your shoulders, like when you're at your desk or something, and it's a little chill. And you, uh, you know, you remember that people prayed for you, and it makes you feel better. Yeah. Um, this time of year, putting together, you know, if your church isn't doing it, I'm sure there's some place in town where they need volunteers to help put together um, the Christmas dinner boxes. You know, um, my or church. Gifts. Yeah, the gifts that Jesse and our church, they call it a Jesse tree. I'm not quite sure who Jesse is. I know there's a story behind it, but I haven't, I don't remember it. Um, but they're, they're for children, you know, um, go visit a nursing home and just ask the nurse who never gets any visitors and visit somebody. They will be so thankful. They'll want to, you know, and, and, you can talk about anything with them because they don't know your story. You right. Know? When um, you can hear about their story, I guess. Yeah. Really. yeah. We used can... to have candy stripers. Did you yeah. guys? I think they still do. We but don't they, anymore. They, well, most of them are adult volunteers. Yeah. People who are retired. Yeah. There was either um, like going through high school kind of a candy striper mm -hmm. to get some get some more experience and then there was the older doing that. I don't remember why I didn't yeah so maybe in your area there might be something like that that you can help with and that's a step into um, or towards finding your new purpose you know right I believe, I'm a firm believer that everybody has a purpose and our purpose can change over time depending on life. Right. And my purpose for 33 years was being a wife and mother. I did other things. I made jewelry. I um, I worked for 20 years in the same industry, different jobs, or I mean different companies, but the same industry. And I was good at what I did. Um, you know, so I had these other identities right but my purpose was to be a wife and mother and when my husband died and my youngest my youngest started his senior year of high school then when he graduated and he got a job he's still living at home still 12 years later but it's okay i love having him here. <laughs> um i just felt lost my yeah. purpose was gone nobody needed me and i needed to be needed i'm i'm a caregiver at heart every job i've always had has always been kind of a caregiver role in one way or another and i needed to be needed and i couldn't yeah. figure out I had a lot of physical limitations when I started doing this. I was 115 pounds heavier, so I had a lot of physical limitations. And unfortunately, I still do because that weight has taken a toll. Yeah. Um, but so I couldn't volunteer in a hospital or that kind of a thing. So I felt that, my, you know, I really didn't have many options. But you do. You got. Uh, you can't always see it. You need a a second person to come in, and and you're you're this way, and then somebody else comes in and sees it this way. I don't know if you can see what I'm doing. <laughs> and um, they say, "Wait, no, you can veer off and do this, you know, because you're capable of doing this." Or didn't you say you love that? And well. When you were a kid, you know, you wanted to be this, you know, yeah, yeah. There, there are different ways of finding your new purpose. And if you're not finding it on your own, get some help. It doesn't have to be me. There's a lot of life purpose coaches out there. They don't all work with grief, but there's a lot of life purpose coaches. If, if my um, style, I mean, you've gotten to see my personality now for however long. We've been talking a while. <laughs> 
if if I'm not your type of person, um, find someone that is. is. You yeah. know, find someone. And if you're working with a therapist, don't do like I didn't stick it out because you know they're they're all like that. No, they're not all like that. You can you can request a new therapist. You can shop around. You know, look if, for if one. Not, if you're not getting what you need from the people that you're paying to help you, find somebody else. Oh, that sounds good. What uh, I hate to go because I mean, <laughs> I know. Oh, I could talk about yeah. this all day. <laughs> I could too. I really could because there's so many things that come up, and you think after, oh shoot, I should have mentioned that. Yeah. Um, but what kind of final message would you give the listener, Cindy? You don't have to do it alone. Find somebody in your life might be somebody you wouldn't even expect you know it may not be your best friend your best friend might feel very uncomfortable talking about feelings and stuff maybe it's you know that that co-worker three desks over or the person who sits behind you in church or you know it may be somebody else find somebody to talk to 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 confide in to to help you through this. And if you can, if there's nobody in your life, then try a religious leader, try your priest or your rabbi or your um, minister. Um, if they're not giving you what you need. A therapist? Yeah, you should try a therapist or give me a call. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't have to do it alone is what I'm saying, um, especially this time of year. It's really, that was the main, one of the main things I wanted to say, and I forgot. If you are going to some kind of holiday get together, get a buddy, do a buddy system so that they can kind of help you out when they can, you know, you give them a clue or maybe they know you well enough to know when you're feeling uncomfortable or you're about to lose it or whatever. Right. And they, they can help, you know, oh, look, you know, somebody over there wants to talk to you. So let's go, you know, that kind of thing. Um, or they can just be there to put their arm around you or hold your hand or give you the support that you need. Or make you laugh. Yeah, or make you laugh. That's what my husband was good at. Um, yeah, so buddy up. You know, that sounds like a good one. Yeah, yeah, buddy up. Yeah, and no, that yeah. sounds really good. Because there's other holiday things that you could go visit. Yep. Oh, and yeah. do, of course. You know, there's bake sales and mm -hmm. lighting, yep. Christmas light shows and all yeah. sorts of things so it'd be a good I time to maybe avoid malls yeah i haven't been in a mall and i don't know how long because <laughs> i this wonder what it is what is it with a mall well because this time of year everything is decorated the music is everywhere there's santa sitting right in the middle of it all yeah and signs yeah, it's just hitting you over the head with Christmas and cheer and be happy. And, you know, if I want to be miserable for five minutes, let me be miserable for five minutes. You know, don't don't spend all day with it. Yeah. Give yourself, you know, five minutes to be miserable. <laughs> but, yeah, when somebody tries to force cheer on you, you know, when somebody looks at you and says, oh, come on, smile. It can't be that bad. Oh, dear. They don't know. No. That's what I was talking about, insensitive. People say insensitive things without, it, they mean well when they tell you to smile. They really do. Yeah. But to just kind of being a jerk in that moment. Yeah, true. You know, there's nothing you can do about it except, you know, bless them. Yeah, bless them and move on to somebody yeah. else. Yeah. Change the subject, maybe, or whatever you have to do. Exactly. Walk away. <laughs> yeah, there's so many different ways to handle it, and you have to figure out what's going to work best for you in any given situation. Yeah. And yeah. you might not know what's going to work best till you're in that situation. So but very give yourself, true. Give yourself some grace, you know. Don't beat yourself up if you can't 
do a certain tradition, if you can't be at a certain place or you can't hear Christmas music or whatever, it's okay. I don't care if it's been five minutes or five years. It's yeah. okay. You know? Find something that you do like, I yeah. guess. There's, there's no law that says you have to be joyful at Christmas. I mean, it's nice if you can. Yeah. But you don't have to be. You don't have to be miserable either. No. Yeah, but you don't have to be bursting with joy. That goes for anybody, though. True. There's so much pressure, especially on moms of young families. There's so much pressure on them to have things perfect. Pinterest is the worst thing to happen to motherhood. <laughs> because everybody need, want, thinks they need to be Pinterest perfect. And you don't. No. You just don't. Try it, fail, then put your picture up. <laughs> put your failing picture up, you know? Yeah. You probably get more more likes and whatever you get on Pinterest. I don't That's know. so very true. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Cindy, for coming on and sharing your tips. Thank you for having around. me. You're so easy to talk to. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. You know, and I think it's easy to talk to someone when they've experienced some as well. Whatever the topic is, it's always easy to. I find it easy to interview people as well as discuss topics that are dear to my heart. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And um, so thank you everybody for coming on our show today. Make sure you like, share and subscribe down below here because then you get notified. This is a series. So we're going to have part one, two and three um, of our grief uh, series as well over the holidays. So I just wanted to make sure that people had an avenue maybe to hear something because I think you get so very frustrated over the holidays and, and you want to not cry or you want to not feel. And it's really hard to, to not. So that's why I love to have Cindy come on our show and give us some other ideas of what you can do and, and what is right and how do you get around a certain situation, uh, perhaps, or somebody says something to you. So I, I have to thank you enough, Cindy, for, for coming on our show. It was my pleasure. Thank you. And Cindy's information is down below in the description box. So don't miss that as well. And any messages you put in the comment section, feel free to tell us what kind of situation you've been in or struggling with. We'd love to hear from you. And um, yeah, I, I always end our show with Carol Burnett because you know who Carol Burnett is. <laughs> And she made me laugh. And so I always end with Carol Burnett uh, because it's happy. It's always happy. She was a happy, happy person. Her shows were absolutely hilarious. And even today when you watch them, sometimes a bit corny from what they did. But, you know, it's it was that time mm. of the 70s and 80s, I guess. And you still laugh. And you still laugh, especially the dentist skit that they had i like the office ones and the <laughs> office ones. yes that's right she and, and it seemed like when you saw that when you were growing up and when you went into the office world you found a miss wiggins like there's <laughs> always someone that looks like her <laughs> and i guess that part is is funny too so that being said um I always end with Carol Burnett, uh, and I forgot the first line already, and I say it all the time. Oh, my goodness. Something about our time together. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that, see what happens? You go into a fog. You can't even talk. I'm so glad we had this time together just to have a laugh or sing a song. Seems we just got started, and before you know it, comes a time we have to say so long. So long, everybody. We'd love to have you on our show. And thank you again to Cindy. Thank you. 
and see you next time. Mike Tyson always says, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face. Very true. It's too late to do something after something's happened. So remember that, everybody, and stay safe and be kind and happy holidays. And stay tuned for part two and three. See you soon. Bye.